support from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Umbrellas up. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Wet weather's led to flood watches in western New York, and rain's a real pain as well way down south. Meteorologist David Parkinson says 33 million Americans are under flood watches today. The rain just keeps coming in the south. We saw over a foot of rain in portions of Texas, and we've got another round of storms coming, and that's going to exacerbate the flooding issues because the ground is basically fully saturated everywhere. Reporter Janet Shamblian has more from the waterlogged Gulf Coast. As torrential rain moved into East Texas, rising water made many roads impassable. The storm pummeled the New Orleans area. Roads turning to streams, hazardous going for drivers, and police responding to dozens of accidents. And in Jackson, Mississippi, so much rain, cars had water reaching their headlights. We'll talk more about the wet weather a little later in the broadcast. The other big story we're following today... Bring it, Donald. Show me what you got. Nikki Haley continues to push forward with her presidential campaign, despite a double-digit loss to Donald Trump in this week's New Hampshire primary. He pitched a fit. He was he was insulting. He was doing what he does. But I know that's what he does when he's insecure. I know that's what he does when he is threatened. And he should feel threatened, without a doubt. Haley at a rally last night in Charleston, South Carolina. She says Trump's throwing a temper tantrum because she won't quit the race. Texas Senator Ted Cruz predicts the party's almost over for Nikki Haley. This race will end in South Carolina. In South Carolina, Trump Trump's going to win. He's not just going to win by a little bit. He's going to win by double digits. It could be prediction? a 30-point victory like Iowa. It will be crushing. And my prediction right now is Nikki will drop out 18 hours after South Carolina. The South Carolina primary is set for February 24th. Vice President Kamala Harris accuses Republicans of trying to make political hay out of the immigration crisis, which many say has replaced inflation as the top concern of voters this year. They're running on immigration because they like having the problem so they can have an issue. You know, we want to fix it. They want to run on it. They want a political issue to run on in November. Fox News political analyst Carl Rowe. I think this is complete baloney. I can't remember a speech of Kamala Harris in which she outlines a way to secure and control the border. She hasn't offered a plan. All she does is she says the Republicans haven't cooperated with us on a plan that we haven't laid out that doesn't make any sense. Recent polls suggest less than 20% of Americans approve of the Biden administration's open borders policy. 800 migrants a day are disappearing into this country after crossing the border from Mexico. The state of Ohio has just banned so-called gender-affirming care for minors and restricted transgender athletes from participating in girls' sports. Out kicks Tommy Laren. You can take as many hormones as you want. You can be on puberty blockers. But the fact remains, if you are a biological man, you are bigger in every way. Your hands are bigger. Your feet are bigger. Your stature is bigger. Your bone density is much different than that of a woman. So you're always going to have a competitive advantage. Lawmakers in Columbus overrode Republican Governor Mike DeWine's veto of a bill that protected girls' sports from the transgender movement. This new law also bans sex reassignment surgeries and hormone 
replacement therapy for children under 18 in the Buckeye State. Federal officials have cleared the way for Boeing to resume flights of its MAX 9 jets, but there is a caveat, says correspondent Chris Van Cleve. The FAA also said that it is going to block Boeing from ramping up production of the 737 MAX as it had planned to do in February. The FAA says you can't do that. They have to keep production the same as it is now until the FAA is satisfied that quality has improved. These jets came under scrutiny after a door blew off an Alaskan Airlines flight earlier this month. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan says when that airline is grounded, it is a huge inconvenience. About 20% of the Alaska Airlines fleet are these kind of aircraft. 65 have been grounded. That's a huge amount. And when you have disruptions in Alaska with regard to aviation, it's not ours. It can be Days. Congress is looking into the problems at Boeing. Here's Connecticut Democrat Richard Blumenthal. I think Boeing is on the wrong flight path right now. There seems to be this trend at Boeing in particular to put profits over the safety of the flying public. Wisconsin Senator Tammy Duckworth, Boeing's CEO, is testifying before Congress today about the safety concerns with those MAX 9 jets. A condemned killer in Alabama will be executed tonight using a method never before tried in this country. The execution of convicted murderer 58-year-old Kenneth Smith using nitrogen gas is still scheduled to go forward. Robin Maher leads the Death Penalty Information Center. There are many unknown questions about how this procedure will actually go forward. Smith survived a botched attempt to put him to death by lethal injection in 2022. Correspondent Wendy Gillette says Smith will die at 6 p.m. tonight, Central Standard Time unless the Supreme Court intervenes. He was convicted in a 1988 murder-for-hire plot. The Los Angeles Chargers of the NFL have hired Jim Harbaugh, their next head coach. Harbaugh, coming off a national championship at Michigan, is returning to the league after nine years with the Wolverines. He previously coached the San Francisco 49ers from 2011 to 2014. Still to come on the Noon Report, a Thursday edition coyotes in tonawanda ai's influence in pennsylvania and bill's kickers cat charity well good afternoon to all i'm kevin williams looking at more gray and sometimes fairly damp weather we'll have the detailed forecast coming up in 10 minutes all right kevin thank you very much a flood watch in effect for parts of western new york erie and chautauqua counties are under the gun till seven o'clock saturday morning it's because of a combination of relentless rain and melting snow west seneca town supervisor gary dixon ice jamming is the problem if the water just flows freely it's not a a huge deal. Uh, it's when you get, you know, very thick ice that that breaks up and jams and forms, kind of a you know temporary dam. Then all the water builds up behind it, and this can happen very quickly, and um, it can cause flooding. Excessive runoff may result in minor flooding of rivers, creeks, and streams. Officials urging anyone who lives in a flood-prone area to take precaution. Activists gathered in Albany yesterday for a day of action to promote abortion. Governor Hochul, who live-streamed a Planned Parenthood event on her website, says abortion is on the ballot in 2024. 
2024. The state legislature this week approved a bill that allows taxpayer-funded abortions for women from other states. In this fall, New York's 20 million residents will decide a constitutional amendment that could make it next to impossible to pass any more pro-life laws in the Empire State. This so-called equality amendment goes before the voters on Election Day, November 5th. A local political analyst says if Donald Trump wants to be the first president since Grover Cleveland to be elected to non-consecutive terms, he needs to reach out to a couple of key demographics. Right now, what he needs to win a national election are two things. He needs independence, more independence than he got four years ago, and he needs women, particularly suburban women. GOP lobbyist Carl Calabrese tells Spectrum News that Nikki Haley would be a great VP pick for Trump. If you're Nikki Haley and you're saying, you know, vice president is not a bad place to be given Trump's age and that he can only run for one term, uh, having the base uh, as vice president might be a good spot to be in. Haley is under increasing pressure to abandon her White House campaign after losing to Trump by double digits in Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. A new poll out of Pennsylvania today shows if the 2024 election were today, Joe Biden would defeat Donald Trump by eight points, 47 to 39 percent. Biden beat Trump by 80,000 votes in Pennsylvania in 2020. Trump defeated Hillary Clinton by about 40,000 votes back in 2016. A Pennsylvania politician has introduced a bill that protects kids from AI exploitation. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. Artificial intelligence is growing rapidly, and the FBI has issued a warning about how it can be used to create fake photos and videos. Pennsylvania Senator Lisa Boscola is proposing legislation to modernize the state's child exploitation laws to account for artificial intelligence. Boscola says she has already gained bipartisan support, and not only does she want to see something done in Pennsylvania, but at the federal level also. Attorneys General in all 50 states have urged Congress to study how AI can be used to exploit children. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you, Brian. Erie County, New York's District Attorney John Flynn announcing his retirement today. The Buffalo region's top prosecutor will step down from his post on April 1st to join a law firm. Deputy DA Michael Keene will take his place. U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York has just announced a new bill in Congress that's aimed at improving mental health in underserved communities. Without adequate access to treatment, those with mental health illnesses often have nowhere to turn. Far too many end up incarcerated, unhoused, or losing their lives to overdose crime or suicide. Her bill gives psychologists, social workers, and school counselors up to a quarter million dollars in student loan forgiveness if they work in minority neighborhoods. 55 of New York's 62 counties do not have adequate mental health professionals. Two central Pennsylvania Chick-fil-A's will be closing their doors temporarily. The Chick-fil-A and Mechanic is closing its doors today for a remodeling project that will take until about the middle of March. And the Chambersburg Chick-fil-A will shut down later this summer for four to six weeks, also for renovation purposes. The American Lung Association says New York is failing to adequately fund tobacco prevention efforts. Brianne Rogier with Spectrum News gets reaction.
Gotcha. The New York State Department of Health responded to this in a statement saying, New York State continues to be a national leader in tobacco control policies and has implemented comprehensive programs that have been successful in reducing smoking among both youths and adults. Tobacco cessation expert Trevor Summerfield. When you look at tobacco use in New York State, you, you clearly see, again, it's a leading cause of death in the state and more resources need to be provided to it. The American Lung Association gave New York an A grade for its smoke-free air and a B grade for its efforts at taxing cigarettes. But the state got an F for funding of programs that prevent and control tobacco use. Tragedies turned into triumph for a cat rescue clinic in western New York. WIVB-TV's Tara Lynch explains. Hundreds of thousands of dollars have been raised for the 10 Lives Club in honor of Bill's kicker Tyler Bass after he missed a field goal at the end of the Bill's Chiefs game. After Bass received negative comments and threats online, fans rallied to help a cause that's important to him. He's an excellent football player in my opinion. So when I heard there was a chance to help and help cats, it was a no-brainer. I saw the game uh, over the weekend and uh, decided to contribute. It's going to enable 10 lives to save many more cats. This will be a positive transformational moment. It'll be a seminal moment for them. The people that like shot him down, brought him down because of this last game is nowhere near the amount of people that are supporting him in this. And it's it's really nice to see that like he's not forgotten. Animals are not forgotten. Like something so important to him is exploding. That report from Tara Lynch with WIVB in Buffalo. Nearly $300,000 has been raised so far for the 10 Lives Club since that missed field goal back on Sunday. Tonawanda, New York residents being urged to keep an eye out for coyotes. Several have been spotted in that Buffalo neighborhood. Coyotes can roam within 20 miles of their home base. They're really more afraid of humans than than anything else. Tonawanda Town Supervisor Joe Eminger says it is unclear just how many coyotes are in the area, but people need to be careful while doing stuff outdoors. Experts believe these coyotes may be looking for a new place to live following the recent blockbuster snowstorms. Chautauqua County lawmakers are making a big splash to prepare for the upcoming total solar eclipse. On April 8th, Western New Yorkers will be among the 31 million Americans living in the path of totality for a rare solar eclipse spanning from Texas to Maine. Yesterday, Chautauqua County took steps toward preparing for this event as the county legislature passed a $200,000 resolution to amend its budget and invest in emergency management equipment for the eclipse. The money will be used to purchase a portable cell tower, message boards, traffic flares, and disaster management software to account for anything out of the ordinary taking place besides the eclipse itself. D. Haley. Family Life News. All right, Dee, thank you very much for that. Let's switch gears a little bit, talk sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, we begin with Hockey Out West. The Sabres were in L.A. to take on the Kings, and boy, did they ever. Trailing 3-1 to one at the end of the first period, Buffalo scored four unanswered goals. J.J. Paterka scored twice and assisted on another. Jack Quinn had a goal and two assists. Alex Tuck scored the go-ahead goal, and Dylan Cousins also lit the lamp and dished out a helper as the Sabres won their first game of the season when they trailed by 
two or more goals. 5-3, your final. Elsewhere, Toronto, Florida, the Canes, Caps, Blues, and Kraken picked up wins. In the NBA, it was a big night for Devin Booker and his Phoenix Suns. Booker poured in 46 points, 22 of them in a decisive third quarter, and Phoenix beat Dallas 132-109. to It was an emotional and physical game. Seven technical fouls handed out. The Suns were down 16 in the second quarter, but then found themselves up by 22 at the end of the third, outscoring Dallas 43-20 in that period. Phoenix now has a seven-game winning streak. Also winning, the Pistons, T-Wolves, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Bucks, Thunder, and Warriors. Speaking of the Bucks, they have a new head coach. Doc Rivers has signed on less than 24 hours after the team fired their previous head coach, Adrian Griffin. Let's talk football. Jim Harbaugh has been hired by the Los Angeles Chargers as their new head coach. After winning the national championship at Michigan, Harbaugh is returning to the team where he wrapped up his NFL playing career. That is a look at sports. All right, seems appropriate. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report. Unusual execution in Alabama. Cleared for takeoff at Boeing and what it means to be pro-life in 2024. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. According to a recent article in the Los Angeles Times, a record 4.2 billion people could vote in elections around the world this year. To be sure, too many of these elections will not be free or fair or secure. Some view these failures as proof that democracy just doesn't work. The world wasn't always like this. Before America's founding, representative democracy was far from the norm. Even then, it wasn't expected worldwide. As Christian ideas about universal human dignity and value expanded across the West, so did the notion that all people should have the right to participate in their own governments. In the early 1800s, French philosopher and political historian Alexis de Tocqueville visited the newly independent United States. In his famous published collection of observations, Democracy in America, de Tocqueville credited Christianity with giving the world its first real philosophical foundation for real democracy. The idea that humans had inherent dignity and were therefore equal to one another is a uniquely Christian idea, argued de Tocqueville. And fundamentally, unlike the utilitarian philosophies, that gave rise to the so-called democracy of ancient Greece. Well, obviously, democracy in America at the country's founding also fell disastrously short of this ideal. Slaves, women, even free African Americans were denied the right to vote, and particularly in the case of slavery, were treated as subhuman. The truth held to be self-evident that all men were created equal and endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights was an aspiration that was not met. However, it is because of this aspiration that we recognize our profound moral failures as a nation in the first place. In the same way, the corruption and the dishonest elections we'll likely witness around the globe this year do not prove that democracy is a bad idea. Rather, they prove another biblical description of the human condition, that humans are fallen and are subject to sin's corruption. This was another of Alexis de Tocqueville's observations. That just as Christianity provides the philosophical and moral grounding for democracy, Christian morality is the only system that can keep it from devolving into tyranny. A democracy can only be sustained if informed citizens operate within a shared moral framework. 
That, in turn, requires an understanding of the world as it actually is, especially an understanding of what it means to be human. Elected representatives who are unable to distinguish between good and evil, or between man and a woman for that matter, can hardly be expected to enact policies that allow men and women to commonly seek the good. God, in his sovereignty, has placed us now in this moment. Among other things, this implies for us that we have a responsibility to be the kind of moral people upon which democracy depends. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Thank you very much, John. Outside next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Cloudy damp, a little spotty rain, areas of fog and drizzle. High temperatures, 40s, 30s, close to Lake Ontario. Periods of rain, drizzle, and fog tonight and tomorrow. Low tonight, mid-30s to mid-40s. The high tomorrow in the 40s and low 50s. Cloudy on Saturday, high temps, low 40s. Rain to snow Saturday night into Sunday. Okie doke. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Lots going on Thursday, the 25th of January. From the deep south to the northeast, 33 million of us under flood watches today. The water creating dangerous driving conditions from Texas to Tennessee. Dense fog, a big problem this morning in New York and Pennsylvania. So too is ice jam flooding. Big money is backing away from Nikki Haley after her primary loss to Donald Trump in this week's New Hampshire primary. GOP mega donor Andy Sabin. You have to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away. It's time for Nikki Haley to walk away. I will be the first person to write her a check for president in 2028. There's no viable path to continue. You can only harm yourself by going to South Carolina and losing by 30 plus points. Despite her difficult path in securing the nomination, Haley says she'll remain in the race and vows to keep the pressure on Trump. Bring it, Donald. Show me what you got. And Donald Trump got out there and just threw a temper tantrum. Haley on the stump last night in Charleston, South Carolina. She says the worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Trump this year. Texas is not backing down in its border battle with the federal government. Governor Greg Abbott says the Lone Star State has the right to defend itself against the migrant invasion. Here's correspondent Lucas Tomlinson. The Texas border standoff continues. Both Governor Greg Abbott and the White House refusing to back down. Some on the left want President Biden to do more. Texas Congressman Joaquin Castro says Biden needs to take control of the Texas National Guard right now. Texas Governor Greg Abbott responding with a scathing statement accusing Biden being a lawless president. This tit for tat comes as Democrats introduce a bill on Capitol Hill that would allow up to 5,000 illegal immigrants a day entry into this country. The U.S. Navy intercepted two missiles overnight that were launched by Houthi rebels in Yemen. The terrorist target was a U.S. container ship in the Gulf of Aden. The attack came as the United States launched its ninth round of strikes against the Houthis in just two weeks. 
Further north in Iraq, American officials and their local counterparts are expected to begin talks about the future of the U.S. presence in Iraq. Currently, there are around 2,500 American troops stationed there as part of the U.S.-led coalition against ISIS. Now, those forces have become a main target for Iranian proxies that have launched more than 150 attacks against them since mid-October. Correspondent Trey Yankst, a major development in the wake of a mid-air emergency that grounded Boeing's MAX 9 planes. The FAA is paving the way for those planes to return to the skies while temporarily freezing future production. This is really an unprecedented step by the FAA, pausing all production of the MAX. No new planes coming off the assembly line. It comes on the same day that we have Boeing declaring that they're going to do a quality stand-down to focus on quality and safety at their plant in Washington. But the FAA has lost, clearly lost some confidence in Boeing, so have the airlines. Today, with quality very much in the spotlight, Boeing in the spotlight, we are seeing the MAX 9 slowly return to service starting this weekend. Correspondent Tom Costello, an execution scheduled to happen tonight in Alabama that's never happened before. A condemned killer will be put to death with nitrogen gas. Robin Maher with the Death Penalty Information Center calls this cruel and unusual punishment. He's already survived one execution attempt by the state of Alabama. And the fact that the jury that heard his case sentenced him to life in prison, but an Alabama judge overrode their recommendation. The historic execution of condemned killer Kenneth Smith is set for 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. There's word today of a nationwide recall of Robitussin cough syrup is because of microbial contamination that could lead to deadly infections for at-risk people. Back in 1971, this song surged to number one on the chart. new key from the singer Melanie. She died at the age of 76. Melanie Safka was just 22 when she performed at Woodstock, one of only three solo women at that music festival. Next at noon, a pro-life perspective on the state of the pro-life movement in 2024. Family Life Sarah Harnish is speaking with Christina Fadden, president of the Syracuse, New York Right to Life Association. There's many more pro-lifers and silent supporters out there. We have the votes and the other side often has the money. So with the money, they drove out a message that was really a lot of fear-mongering. But we're slowly seeing as people come to understand what the real terms are, especially in a state like New York, where it's very extreme, that more and more people are quietly on our side. And most people are opposed to late-term abortion. They find it very troubling after a child is viable or after a child can feel pain, which is after 15 to 20 weeks, that abortions are still happening. So, you know, we're hoping that as that education gets out, the tide will start to turn in our direction. So those prior votes, even in Ohio last year, we think a lot of it was based on false premises and false advertising that didn't really neutrally explain what the issues were to the voters. There was a lot of fear-driven voting, and, you know, we just need to keep educating people. What are you trying to change as far as the laws go in New York? 
York State. Well, the biggest thing we're facing in New York right now, there's, there's constant battles in New York. That's probably not a surprise to your listeners on this issue. Sadly, I've seen it for 20, 30 years. But the biggest issue we're facing in 2024, there is going to be a ballot proposal on the ballot in November for all voters in New York State to vote on a proposed constitutional amendment that would change the Equal Protection Clause in the New York State Constitution, and it would severely water it down and change it so that unborn children would now be completely unprotected, enshrined in our Constitution. We already have a very, very extreme abortion law called the Reproductive Health Act and the so-called Reproductive Health Act, and that could still be overturned. But once you enshrine abortion rights right into abortion into the Constitution, so-called rights to abortion, then that could be used by judges to wipe out any existing protections. So it's really very dangerous, and we're going to be starting to educate people about that coming up on the November vote. Most people think that abortion is a religious fight, but more and more we're seeing that's not the case. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, we're thrilled we've known of uh, feminists choosing life for quite some time. They've been out there advocating, but their message is resonating more and more as people learn and find out that the early feminists going back to, you know, the great history in New York State in the mid-1800s of advocating for women's rights, they were all pro-life, the early feminists. And really only up until it was, the change really happened in conjunction with feminism around the late 60s, early 70s, that suddenly it became like a cardinal rule to be a feminist. You had to be pro-abortion. It was never that way before. I think there's many listening who say, I believe 100% in life, but does showing up to a rally make a difference? What do you believe when it comes to activism? Our audience is the public and our audience is also our elected officials and those who make decisions, the decision makers. That's why we marched. It's important that those who we elected, who those who govern us know that we're out there because, again, this issue does get ignored, particularly from our point of view. It doesn't get equal time. We do like to say that we welcome the time when uh, all unborn children are welcomed in, uh, protected in life and welcomed in law. We think that's an important concept. But unfortunately, the, even the linkage of the two words, abortion rights, has been something that's become sort of ironed into the fabric of how abortion is talked about in society. And we don't agree with that. We don't talk in terms of abortion rights. We like to talk in terms of abortion, yes or no, or let's talk about um, limits or how we can better protect women who are seeking an abortion. I think people have sort of been enculturated that it's not polite, it's not nice, it's not fair to tell somebody else what to do with their life. But we have to speak up, of course, with sensitivity and love and offering support and resources. And if we don't, we're allowing the unborn child to be expendable. And that's what we want to try to turn around. You've been listening to Christina Fadden, president of the Syracuse, New York, Right to Life Association. And this is the Noon Report, a Thursday edition on Family Life. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Another slug of rain will be moving across our region as we head into tonight. Fog and drizzle, yep, that'll be a story as well. Over the weekend, chillier air will move in and another disturbance will arrive, but this one spells a range of snow scenario for much of the region. 
Saturday night into Sunday. But for this afternoon, cloudy damp, a little spotty rain, areas of fog and drizzle, high temperatures, 40s, 30s, close to Lake Ontario. Periods of rain, drizzle and fog tonight and tomorrow. Low tonight, mid-30s to mid-40s, the high tomorrow in the 40s and low 50s. Cloudy on Saturday, high temps, low 40s. Rain to snow Saturday night into Sunday. All right, thank you, Kevin. Finally at noon, if you feel the need, uh, the need for speed, well, you could be out of luck in California. Check this out. A state lawmaker there wants to end speeding by making it virtually impossible for your car to speed. How's that even possible? Here's reporter Matt Bigler. State Senator Scott Weiner wants all cars sold in California to have speed limiters installed. It'll still be illegal to go above the speed limit, but it will be physically impossible to make the car go more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Speed limiters are already being rolled out in some European countries. Maybe that's what I need on my vehicle. I've been known to have a lead foot from time to time. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. And that's the world we live in. Thursday, the 25th of January. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.